Hello and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled. I'm RJ and I want to do a short book review. I read this book a while ago. In fact, I probably finished it about a month ago and I've been meaning to dig into it more and give you some of the, the nuggets from this book. Um, but before I do that, I want to give you just a short book review and I, because a lot of the stuff in it um, will require a little bit more time than I want to give in a review. But I highly recommend you go pick it up, especially if you were... Um, from a background that is blue collar, um, I think that it's a great defense for blue collar work. Or if you're a homeschooler that is looking at the prospect of your kids going to college and wondering whether or not it's worth it. And so I kind of have to give a disclaimer here in a sense that um, I fall on both sides in the sense that obviously I, you know, I went to college and I went to grad school and I, I think there's great value in education in its own right. Um, but at the same time, I come from a, what would be typically called a blue collar family where before I became a teacher, um, I spent time as a cashier working at Home Depot. I, uh, worked with my dad in the industry that him and my brothers work in now. And so although I was not as gifted um, in that field as they are, uh, I, I've spent a lot of time in the hot sun um, doing labor that is very physical and tiring and exhausting, the kind, of, the kind where you come home at the end of the day and um, <laughs> you've lost you know, three or four pounds of water weight you've consumed over a gallon of water and probably burned an extra thousand calories. Um, and this book deals with some of that and also some of the stuff in between, the kind of the, the intellectual work of um, being a mechanic or a machinist or things like that, where it's, it's real work, um, but it's not the kind of work that requires a degree. So um, the book is called Shop Class as Soulcraft. The subtitle is An Inquiry into the Value of Work, and it's by Matthew B. Crawford. So if you're interested at all in kind of the interchange or the interaction between um, white-collar and blue-collar work or quote-unquote like academic work, um, brain work, and physical work, this is a great expose, I guess, on the realities of that. And so just to give you a short background on the author, he has a PhD in political philosophy, um, but he runs a motorcycle repair shop. And so um, I just want to run over some basic ideas that he covers um, that I think are valuable. And I think that we as a society need to understand a little bit better than we do now. Um, as a little bit more of a preface because I work in an, in an industry, education, that is dominated by education, you know, educated people, um, there is not a single colleague of mine who does not have at least a bachelor's degree. I would venture to say that a good 50% or more of my colleagues have master's degrees. Um, and some of them have or are working on PhDs. And that is not a bad thing at all. But what it does do is when these are the people that are advising your kids on what they're going to do for the rest of their life, and, and this is what I see all the time being that I work, um, you know, most of my, the people I service are high school families, right? They're high schoolers. They're, they're working their way in. Um, I see a bent within 
my institution within the, the state as a whole, within the educational institutions in the K-12 thing, that the only seeming legitimate outcome for a kid is to go to college. And although, like I said, I, I value college and I value education, um, I know that's not wise, just from a practical standpoint. And I, and I was like this to some degree, even in high school, before I got the, all the degrees that I have, recognizing that it's not good for everyone. Um, if for no other reason, that's not how everyone's built. I know that there are, there are people um, that are just gifted in ways that I am not gifted, and I'm, I'm blessed by that. I'm happy about that. And it, it allows us all to, to be different, to express ourselves in a way that is, is most beneficial, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. So for example, um, I'm good academically. I, I never struggled in school, really. Uh, I never had to work that hard to learn the stuff or pass the tests. But um, the the creative side when it comes to building things or uh, solving problems, especially physical-esque, like physical problems, was not always good. So a great example of that is when I was in high school, I took physics uh, my senior year of high school, along with AP Biology. Um, and my brother took it the following year. And although he struggled more with the math, which I had no problem with, he was able to set multiple records um, that are, you know, 10, 15, 20 year plus standing records because we had the same teacher just one year apart um, for projects that he would routinely give. And he may have struggled with the math, but he intuitively understood the the disciplines and the process and the needs of building um, these things, whether it be a mousetrap car or a crane or something else like that. Um, I have another brother who, you know, struggled academically for different reasons entirely, but is a gifted artist. And so, um, and that was something he had to hone and develop, but he had the intentionality and the ability to do that. And the list goes on and on. And I've seen this in my students and I see this um, in my students today and I see this in people all the time. And I think that it's it's folly for us as a society to say that the only legitimate end is college, knowledge work, when in all reality, um, who's going to fix your car? Who's going to flip your burgers? Who's going to cook your food? Right? Who's going to wire your house or replace your AC? And that's really what um, Matthew Crawford is getting at in this book. And he's basically making the case that as a society, we have given too much social credit to quote unquote knowledge work and not enough social credit to quote unquote manual labor. Um, especially those, those things that are more craftsman-esque, right? Um, he's not arguing that digging ditches is exactly the same end of a human being as, um, you know, writing um, great works of literature or solving, you know, advanced engineering problems or healing people. But what he is saying is that we need to be very careful that we don't underrate the electrician. We don't underrate the machinist. We don't underrate um, the mechanic because those people take on very complex problems and they're able to solve them. 
where they're working with um, oftentimes unknowns that they're not, you know, like they, they don't have access to because they don't know where the wires run in the house or they didn't build the system from scratch. And so they're not sure where things are. So they're having to problem solve in the process in a way that someone who's in knowledge work never does or rarely does. And he also makes the case, and I think it's a very valid point, that unlike with most knowledge work, there is an, uh, a, an end which must be attained which is not that is objective rather than subjective it's an objective end and in his case he would say like at the end of the day if the motorcycle doesn't run i don't get paid at the end of the day for me as a as a teacher if my kid doesn't graduate that doesn't affect whether or not i get paid and and i don't think it should but but there's a difference because a, when when you're teaching someone and you're assessing them um, there's another person involved. When you're struggling with a motorcycle, in his case, your job is to listen, to feel, to assess, to draw upon all of your knowledge, to ask people who may know, and then come up with a solution, which is the end of the motorcycle fulfilling its purpose, which is running and being able to be ridden, as where education or knowledge work doesn't always do that. And so I think that's something we as a society need to attend, you know, need to attend to. We recently had our um, air conditioner replaced and I was impressed. Um, I didn't watch the whole process, but to see someone, um, he was older than me. Uh, he was probably in his mid to late fifties. Um, and there are fewer and fewer people moving into these service industries that are desperately needed. That's why you get charged so much when you go to the mechanic. Because in school, like another great example of this is um, my high school when it was built um, was given an offer or the school district was given an offer by the local Toyota dealership that they would supply or provide, they would build, the pay to build an auto shop and then staff it at their own expense and provide the cars. They just wanted to have like, you know, basically a banner on the side of that, the auto shop you know, exterior, like an advertisement saying, you know, made possible by Toyota of such and such. School district said, no, we don't want to go that direction. We want to go to college route, um, which I, it blew my mind because how much better would it be not only for the people who are learning auto mechanics? Like I think I would have benefited from that, even though I'm not a, I don't like doing auto work. Um, how much would the people have been like, the individuals who took those classes benefited, but also society as a whole. Because let's say a hundred kids go, kids go through that class every every year, and one of those kids decides to become a mechanic. And let's say because of that, we double the number of mechanics we have in your local area. Now I don't know what it is like in your area. In my area, it seems like an auto mechanic runs, for the sake of argument, around a hundred dollars an hour. It's probably not quite that much, but let's say it is a hundred dollars an hour, just for the sake of easy math. If we had two of them, right, instead of one, there's a decent chance that their price point would drop a little bit more to closer to the $50 an hour range. Now, without that opportunity, that kid would go maybe to college, end up getting a degree in something that he probably can't use, and then going back to work somewhere like Starbucks, if you ever, I mean, go talk to the people at your local Starbucks and see how many of them have advanced degrees because you'll be shocked. 
or working on advanced degrees, thinking that it'll somehow get you farther in life, which it may, but it also may not. Um, but then you benefit because the cost of having your car repair drops, but also they're making triple or quadruple or pentuple minimum wage in your area at $50 an hour. And maybe they're not making 50, maybe they're only making 30 or even 25. But if they're enjoying their work and they're making a decent living and you're able to get it for, for less money, everyone wins in that scenario. They're making more money than they would have and you're getting a better product or at least a better price on a, on a similar product, right? And I think that, that we need to be aware of that and we need to be intentional because not all of our kids are gonna go into fields that are knowledge work. We need doctors. We need lawyers, questionably sometimes. Um, we need, you know, engineers. But we also need construction workers. We also need um, people who do well work, which is what my family does. People who who fix air conditioners, uh, HVAC people. We need all of these types of people, mechanics. And that's his argument: is that that when you have an objective reality that you're attending to that's really, really good for the individual. It helps you kind of work through um, some of the realities of life. It also provides a service to the people around you. And because you're held to an objective reality, it gets rid of a lot of the ridiculousness that you find in knowledge work. Um, I recently had I re- recently ran into this myself. Uh, we have to do evaluations um, for my job, and they're self evaluations because what's the objective reality you're going to hold a knowledge worker to? Um, and so we have to. I have to tell my boss how I think I'm doing in the categories that have been pre assigned. Then I have to write. <laughs> in addition to that, I have to write examples of how. I'm meeting the the subjective point or subjective point on the the assessment, and then we're going to have a discussion about it. And I had just finished reading this book, and it is still making me incredibly angry inside to be forced into this relationship or this this assignment because I'm like, but am I being held accountable for what I'm doing, or am I being held held accountable to how I think I'm doing? In which case. If I think I'm doing great, the only danger is if you think I'm doing horrible. But if I think I'm doing mediocre and you think I'm doing great, then we're going to be safe. And this is exactly how teachers that are horrible get left in classrooms for decades. I know, at least in California, it seems as if it is almost impossible to get fired unless you do something criminal. Because I have heard teachers say, oh, I just pass them on. It doesn't matter. I don't want them in my classroom anymore. It's not my problem. They just, they've had their spirit broken. They just don't want to fight it anymore. Or they're just such a rule follower. They feel so bad for the kid. They're like, but they tried really hard. In fact, I had, um, I had teachers tell me that when I got their kids the following year, when I taught sixth grade, I had fifth graders coming into sixth grade and I had them for all of sixth grade. And they're like, but, but they tried so hard. That's why we passed them. Like trying hard is different than being able to read. And we're not doing them a service if we pass them on to seventh grade when they still can't read because they've never been forced to because you always feel bad for them, right? And so um, I know I kind of went all over the place, but basically the book is very simple. The value of actual work 
that has objective reality as the standard, right? The boat's got to float. The bike's got to drive. The food has to taste good and be safe. Um, and, and the value or how knowledge work has become the center ideal or the, the ideal of what people should be without regard for whether or not it's good for society and not without regard to whether or not it's good for the individuals involved. And he has lived that experience and he relays that in the book of what it was like to go from being, um, you know, a, a, a tradesman to having an advanced degree and how it actually set him back not only um, kind of personally, but also financially. Because now he felt he had to be working in a way that um, society deemed was congruent with his degrees and how that was a bad decision for him. So I highly encourage you, if you're interested at all, um, please go check out this book, Shop Class as Soul Craft by Matthew B. Crawford. Um, it was a great read. It's now kind of coloring and tinting a lot of stuff that I see on a day-to-day basis and how I react to it. So please like, subscribe, hit the buttons, do the things, share with a friend, and I will see you next time. Have a great day.